Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I'm going to be talking about starting a business. I've been asked a couple of times recently about my experience of starting a side business adjacent to my full-time employment, and then ultimately what it was like to leave employment entirely to run my business full-time. So I put together this episode to share with you the top 10 things that I have learned along the way in starting my own business. Some of these things I learned the hard way, (laughs) so I wanted to share them with you so that they might save you time if you're considering starting your own business or going full-time in your business. And also because many of these lessons can be relevant and useful to other areas of your life, like getting a promotion or changing jobs or even writing a book. So here is my top 10. The first one is to hire a coach. So you might think this is a little bit biased given that I am a coach However, I recognize looking back, without coaching, I wouldn't have had the courage or confidence to start my own business, even my side business. I wouldn't have had the self-awareness to identify my own limiting beliefs. Or maybe if I had become aware of them, I definitely wouldn't have known how to challenge and change those beliefs and ultimately use those new beliefs to fuel me to go outside the comfort zone and do things that were new to me. So hiring a coach, I think was one of the most important things that I did for myself and for my business. And I continue to get coached along the way. Even now to this day, I've had the benefit of having my own coach. And I think it's so important because as we change and grow, we stumble across new limiting beliefs new things that might challenge our paradigm. So I think it's great to get a coach and to continue using a coach. Something that becomes necessary when starting a business of any kind is learning how to invest. Invest in the business and invest in ourselves. And it's my belief that an investment in coaching is one of the most valuable investments that we can make because everything that we do stems from our mindset. So this first lesson for me was a recognition of the importance of having someone in my corner to support me and coach me along the journey. Number two is asking for help. I think in the beginning, before you have the skills, you have either time or money to invest. And personally, I think it's really important to develop enough skill in an area before you are attempting to direct the activities of someone else in that area. For example, I handled all of the technical of launching my podcast and releasing the weekly episodes. In the beginning, I handled all of that. This experience, while challenging in the beginning, gave me enough skill to really understand and manage my expectations when it comes time to outsource that work. 
if I had outsourced that right from the beginning, I would have been limited by my lack of knowledge about what was required. And that might have caused me to underestimate or overestimate the amount of work required, which would have left me at a loss for things like troubleshooting and planning. As well, I could have potentially overpaid for this service, not knowing what it entailed. Now that I have a deeper understanding of what's all involved, I can make decisions around how I want to outsource this work. If you're asking yourself, how would you know when it's time to outsource? My thought on this is rooted in an understanding of what your time is worth. If you know that it costs you less to outsource that activity, then the amount you can earn in the same amount of time, then it's probably time to consider outsourcing. And what I mean by that is if it takes you an hour to do something, ask yourself, what does it cost to pay someone else to do that work? And how much can you earn in that same amount of time if you were working on revenue generating activities? Now, this will require an understanding of what is a revenue generating activity and what is busy work. Differentiating these two types of activities between revenue generating and busy work will not only help with the decision of when to outsource, but it will also be so helpful when planning your time. If you notice that you're extremely busy and not really making progress or getting the results that you want, it could be because that ratio between the revenue generating activities and the busy work is off kilter. (laughs) And a great strategy to start to distinguish those two types of activities is take a look at what you were doing last week. Assign those activities into one of the two groups, either revenue generating or busy work. Once you have your list of busy work, ask yourself if these items are things that you can outsource or if they even need to be done at all. Sometimes I think whether we are an employee or an entrepreneur, we can fall into this trap of doing work that perhaps at one time was useful, but has ceased to be useful or relevant over time. So this exercise is great to do anytime and even more beneficial when it's done regularly. Number three is focus on your strengths. As we're growing up and starting our career, we're often taught to focus on developing our weaknesses. Sometimes they're called our areas for improvement. And what can happen is that over time, this can turn into a bit of a perfectionist mindset in which we have trained ourselves to become primarily focused on what we're not doing well. And then we lose sight of what we are doing well. Now, when it comes time to change your career, if you're looking at a change, actually anytime really, it's important to start shifting your focus to what you have to offer. And what you have to offer is your own unique strengths and skill sets. Sometimes when I ask clients about their strengths, they come up blank. (laughs) And this isn't because they don't have strengths, it's because they're not in the habit of thinking about them. They're not in the habit of valuing them and promoting them. Shifting this focus to what you do well can feel really strange and clunky in the beginning. However, the more you focus on what you have to offer and how your strengths 
translate into value for other people, then the more you can shift your mindset. And a mindset shift is critical for any transition, which is another reason why it's so important to hire a coach that can help you take a look at your current mindset and help you make any shifts that you want. The fourth lesson is done is better than perfect. This is one that I still continue to work on. When we're in an employment setting, because we are often trained to look at what we're not doing well, then we start to get invested in this idea that doing things perfectly is the end goal. (laughs) And when our income isn't necessarily directly tied to what we're producing, as in an employment setting, then we can have the luxury of working on things longer than we might otherwise work on them. I've learned that our customers care much less about whether or not something is perfect and much more about whether or not you can help them. So when you're in an entrepreneurial type of setting, it is really important to understand what is the definition of done? What is completion? And what is over-completion? That can help to save you a ton of time in any situation. When you have a great idea of what the finish line looks like at the beginning, then you'll know when to stop, when to call it a day. If you don't have that finish line in mind, then it's tempting to just keep reworking, refining, and perfecting something. Number five is maintaining focus. So this is about knowing when to say no and when to say yes. When we're in an employment setting, we can often be looking for the next opportunity. We've got ourselves trained to be always looking at opportunities and seizing those opportunities. In an entrepreneurial setting, it can be really important to know when to say no and when to say yes, because We're scheduling our own time. And I know for me, left to my own devices, it's very tempting to take on new things, seize new opportunities, and shift focus too frequently. So the idea here is to set the goal, maintain focus on that goal, and reevaluate it regularly. If you do make the decision to change the goal, make that decision based on data that you're gathering as a result of monitoring your progress towards the goal rather than as a result of an emotional response like fear or boredom or even excitement. I've learned that staying focused on a goal requires me to become comfortable with some of those uncomfortable emotions and take action from more of an intentional place rather than from an emotional response. Number five is related to number four. Because number five is single tasking. In an employment situation, we're often encouraged to multitask. And when it comes time to start pursuing a goal, it is really important to become focused. This is because when we're starting out something new, it really does require a lot of our time and attention and focus. It's like when you start driving a car, as an example, I remember the first few times that I got behind the wheel and it entirely consumed my focus and attention. And now I've gotten to a point decades later 
where it's automatic, where I can listen to the radio or carry on a conversation and drive at the same time. It's not that we can't multitask. It's that we can't necessarily multifocus, especially when we're learning something new. So if you're writing a book or changing jobs or starting a new business, it's a service to yourself to constrain your focus and only focus on learning one new thing at a time. Number seven is creating security and abundance for yourself. When we're in our comfort zone, we start to believe that it's the comfort zone that is providing us with those feelings and thoughts about secure and abundant. So when we start something new and we change the circumstances of the comfort zone, then we might be less inclined to create those feelings and thoughts around security and abundance. We might say to ourselves, oh, I don't have a regular paycheck or I don't have enough, whatever enough is. It's really tempting to think those things when the circumstances change. So the reason why I started my business as a side business is to give myself the opportunity to create those feelings of security and abundance in what felt like a safe space for me, but also practicing taking some calculated risks and exploring outside the comfort zone in a way that did not feel threatening or risky to me. And so everyone's risk tolerance is slightly different. For me, it was really helpful to retrain my brain to create that security and abundance for myself while still in the employment setting. What also really helped in this situation was having a financial plan, a plan that contemplated how much money I would need to cover my personal expenses, as well as to make an investment of time and money into my business. Having that plan and understanding how it would play out and giving myself enough time to really explore and grow my business from that place of security, that plan was huge. This was some of the more challenging work that I had to do when I was making that transition. So if you're interested in learning more about it, or if you would like some coaching on it, feel free to book one of the free coaching sessions on my website. My website is financialwellnesscoach.ca. Also on my website is a free business planning checklist. If you go to the tab under free resources, you'll find that this checklist can help you to create a bit of a plan for yourself, as well as generate some of those feelings of security. Next up is number eight, and that is recognizing yourself. When you're in an employment setting, there are typically performance reviews, annual check-ins, even quarterly or monthly check-ins, where you get the opportunity to take a look back and reflect. And when you shift to an entrepreneurial type of setting, those types of exercises need to become a little bit more conscious and intentional. More than that, we have to become good at recognizing ourselves, giving ourselves recognition and validation for the efforts that we're making. This is a practice that can benefit you anywhere. 
because more often than not, some of those mindset obstacles that you experience are the result of a lifetime of self-talk that is largely negative and judgmental. So to start to train yourself on looking for what you're doing well, rather than constantly looking for what you need to improve, that can take a bit of effort. I did a podcast episode on this, number 33, I believe, it was called How to Create Change, all about the self-evaluation and how to do ongoing and regular reflection and train yourself to look for the positive. So if you're interested, you could go and check that one out. Number nine is seek out the company of other entrepreneurs. I think when I made the transition from corporate to entrepreneur, I was most surprised by the feelings of loneliness. I think intellectually, it makes a lot of sense. If you go from a team setting, a corporate setting where you're around people and working on a team towards a common goal, and then shifting to a business that can feel largely like you're doing it on your own, it's no surprise that you might have feelings of loneliness in that situation. For me, what happened was I was so focused on some of the other aspects of making that transition, the financial plan and creating feelings of security and that type of thing, that I failed to recognize the significance of that, of not having those people around, not having that team collaboration. And so I went about creating that for myself, creating a network of other entrepreneurs and collaborators. As an introvert, I had to be more deliberate and intentional about creating a network of collaborators around me. It's interesting because I can be an introvert and get a lot of energy from being alone, but I also really appreciate and enjoy collaboration. This is a very important feature of trying anything new, is surrounding yourself with people who have done it before, or if not done it before, who are on the same journey as yourself. I think I always benefit from being around people who are creative and motivated and doing big things. I think in the absence of having that created for me, as in a corporate setting, when I shifted into becoming an entrepreneur and creating that for myself, I think that was a really important and helpful thing to do. And number 10, the final lesson on my journey from shifting from corporate to entrepreneur was to find joy in the process rather than the accomplishment. In fact, this entire podcast is about this particular theme and it applies right across the board. Whether you're doing something new or you're continuing to create something that you've been working on for a while, finding the joy in the process is so important. I've learned that if you're waiting to give yourself those feelings of pride validation, recognition, if you're waiting until a certain milestone or goal is accomplished to give yourself those feelings, then when that thing finally does arrive, you haven't necessarily learned how to give yourself those feelings, how to generate them spontaneously. So what happened for me is I would hit those, those milestones, those landmarks, 
And then I would just seek out the next one and the next one and never be able to give myself that feeling. I've also noticed that in order to hit those milestones, when we give ourselves those feelings of validation and recognition along the way, rather than waiting until the end, the end comes much faster and more enjoyably than it would have otherwise. So give yourself the gift of recognizing, validating, and enjoying the journey. Those are my top 10 things that I have learned over the journey, shifting from a corporate setting into an entrepreneurial setting. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you have a great week, everyone. Take care. If you want to take the conceptual and make it practical and applicable to your own life, I invite you to sign up for a free coaching session. In just 30 minutes, you will have an understanding of how to make these strategies into an action plan that is easy for you to follow. Check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca to sign up for your free coaching session today.